All Year I Dream About Gaming Conventions. Welcome everyone to All Year I Dream About Gaming Conventions, the podcast you didn't know you needed about Gen Con, Origins Game Fair, PAX Unplugged, and beyond. I'm your host, Quarex. And I'm your other host, Ben. In this, our eighth and possibly final episode, we're going to talk about the recent Origins Game Fair. We're also going to talk about anticipated Gen Con highlights. Origins Game Fair. I love Origins, especially as like a final build-up hype for Gen Con. But, you know, I like it for its own sake, too. Well, let's assume the listener doesn't know what Origins is. Where is Origins at? It is in Columbus, Ohio. It's actually been there for a long time, which is a little surprising given that Origins moved around the country much more than Gen Con ever did. It's literally been on both coasts, if I recall correctly, and the Midwest, of course. Because, yeah, Avalon Hill started it in the in the 70s, sort of as counterpoint to Gen Con. And now here we are. It's still a counterpoint to Gen Con. I believe the, one of the first Origins Games Fairs were in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins University. That, that seems... Yeah, that seems entirely plausible. Who runs Origins Game Fair? Who runs Bartertown is run by Gamma, the Game Manufacturers Association, has been running Origins since the early 90s, probably about 30 years now that they have been running it. So we've got final attendance figures from Origins Game Fair. This year they marked 16,082 attendees which is up from last year with a little more than 11,000, but it's still down from the pre-COVID years where they would have 20,000-plus individual attendees. It's funny. They have kind of a cyclical population boom and bust. There's no guarantee it'll stay that way. I believe that they can just go up and, and hold steady. As I was thinking, they've really sort of tried to add some polish to things, especially this year. I just noticed a lot of little things as I went through the convention. Like, they had people walking around in the convention center itself, not even the gaming areas, with little, like, pop-up games you could play. Their signage is a lot better than it's been in previous years. They uh, apologized for things a lot faster than went wrong. But yeah, I played some games. I, uh, you know, didn't have too much of a stretch playing a, a biker gang lady from the 70s that's pretty much my daily life the new hilton is amazing it's like the tallest hotel in ohio if i recall correctly and you get some great views from there let me tell you if you're on the top floor Quarks, you sent me some pictures and it yeah it's it's like it's it's pretty solid it's like postcard of Columbus caliber, you know, vistas from there, I gotta say. I literally didn't leave my room one night, even though I was, you know, supposed to go do something else, because I was like, the sunset! Interesting fact, one of the largest greeting card manufacturers is headquartered in Columbus. Well, now I know why I was really there, because I could just tell, was is, is it Hallmark? Is it, you know, whatever. That's outside the scope. That's our other podcast. All I do all year is dream about sending greeting cards. <laughs> <laughs> to grandma this year there was something of a fiasco with the vig program i don't know how much you want me to talk about that let's investigate it for our listeners who might not know what is a vig or in the parlance of other gaming conventions a vig <laughs> well it's exactly like a vip except for gamers very important 
gamers. Some people take that title a little more literally than others. I just think it means I paid more and I'll just see what they do. So you're telling me you pay more for this VIG title or VIG title. What do you usually get out of it? There is inevitably some sort of swag, as the saying goes. You know, they'll give you some games or something, maybe some branded merchandise. Last year, they literally gave me the Origins mascot fuzzy guy painting on... This is a shirt, I'm sorry to say. Painting the words, very important gamer in big letters on the front. And I was like, I am ashamed to look at this, but you know what? I am going to wear this shirt next year when I pick up my VIG bag. And I did, and I felt good about that. Tell me a little bit more about this alleged fiasco. The fiasco was really that the swag bag was worse than last year in that they gave a branded water bottle, like stickers, a a collection of fiction, and it was all in like a, you know, branded canvas bag. Honestly, it wasn't too much different than last year on the first day, so I didn't even recognize there was a difference. The difference is last year, they had like huge stacks of other things you could take one of every day, which was really a cool system, and I kind of wish other conventions followed that same system. But apparently they didn't have any of the swag this year and so the bag was all of it so people got angry on the facebook and complained i was just merrily enjoying on on thursday there was a mixer with the exhibitors that the vigs got to go to we got some free food on friday there was a mixer with the vips at origins where i got some free food and got to have keith baker come by my table and be like hey guys how you doing what's up and i was thinking to myself who's this guy keith baker's such a good dude i actually like keith baker a lot and i love the baron and I'm sad that I didn't recognize him when he was coming over to talk to me and, you know, make me feel welcomed. Origins, they took the criticism to heart immediately and refunded all of the extra money we paid for the VIG. And I'm sitting there thinking like, well, I'm not going to complain that you gave me my money back, but I ate at least $50 worth of free food at these two events. I'm like, I didn't really feel like I got cheated at all. But apparently some people did. And they're all like, next year we're going to learn from this. And I was like, what's, what's going to happen next year? We'll find out, won't we? If I, if I go again, which I think I will. If all we do all year is dream about gaming conventions, it seems like we have to start going to these things, so... Yeah, I'm going to make sure for the rest of my life I have a job that I can work while at a gaming convention, just in case I don't have enough time off. As mentioned before, we're talking about some anticipated convention highlights. Uh, And there are a couple of event highlights that we want to suggest that perhaps our fair listeners go and check out. The auction is 50% of why I'm excited about Gen Con, which is funny because when I was introduced to it, it was like, haha, let's go look at the auction and laugh at people doing auction stuff. It's amazing. I love it. I love everything about it. I love seeing the random stuff people put in there. I love bidding. I'm an auctioneer now. I love auctioneering. Anything you can think of that's game related, if you go to the auction, it's at the Marriott this year, the second floor, ballrooms five and six, you're going to find something you're looking for, and it's going to be cheaper there than anywhere else at the convention that you're going to find it. So I highly recommend checking it out, especially if I'm on stage, but even if I'm not. As I said, like, it was my favorite part of the convention even before I started volunteering for it. Oh, I love it so much. One thing I'm excited about, got to go to this last year, I'm planning on going again, uh, is the Ennies. It's a fan-based celebration of excellence in tabletop role-play gaming where the general public votes on certain tabletop RPG products, 
to choose their favorite. And there's sort of the company running or the group running the Ennies rents out a ballroom in one of the slightly farther flung but still downtown block hotels. You can go get drinks from the bar. There's a whole presentation. People get up, go up on a stage when they win stuff, collect their awards, and get a chance to talk. It's nice to see people get recognized in a field that seems incredibly thankless, even at the best of times. You've probably heard me talk about imposter syndrome, but at the same point, like the razor-thin margins on a lot of tabletop RPG is just so very difficult. So having that chance to get together as a community and thank the people who who uh, create our games for us is is something really special. Related, sort of, to, well, all of this, I guess, Card Hala, I do have to give a shout-out to, both because the ridiculousness of seeing people building these elaborate structures out of thousands, probably tens of thousands of discarded and unloved collectible trading card games is amazing. On Saturday night, Josh, from the Tova auction, if you're familiar, usually auctions off the right to throw the first coin and angrily destroy all of Kardhala. They always raise a lot of money for charity doing that. It's it's a good time, and it's like a monolithic thing of Gen Con that when you see it, you know you've really arrived. Uh, lastly, an event that uh, I, I'm always excited to see, and this bleeds into the broader concept, but on Saturday there is a cosplay parade, and you know, like many conventions, you see a number of people in cosplay. I'd, I'd say probably Gen Con among uh, with like San Diego Comic Con and a couple other bigger conventions. People really, I don't want to say go overboard because that suggests that they're not doing what they want to, but they, they really go to the nines on this. Um, so it's really cool to see a lot of people who are so excited about their fandom that they dress up like it and they, you know, they they're walking around with um, just an amazing work of art, labor of love. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, you're able to, uh, you're able to see their hard work and sometimes even talk to them about it. Yeah. You will always see something that impresses you frequently if you're walking around at Gen Con because yeah, they're doing this almost all of them just because they want to, because they love what they're dressing up as. Some people are in the costume contest, but most of them just want to hang out and dress up like that, and I I appreciate that. Although, let's not forget, cosplay is not consent. Always ask before you take a picture, both because it's the polite thing to do, come on, and because you are going to slow down traffic in the hallway, guaranteed, if you just start stopping and taking pictures of people, and yeah, just just make sure it's, uh, it's formalized like that. one of our last bits we're going to talk about our definitely not sponsored this year new releases that we're excited about these are games that are either coming out for gen con or we think are going to be released at gen con i think we're 31 days out at the time of recording hopefully hopefully we're getting these episodes out in time that we're not losing anything here we'll we'll likely hear more Now, the first thing, we can't split this particular baby. We're, we're not King Solomon. The most exciting thing for m- most people seems to be Larkana, which is a card game by Ravensburger. 
if you haven't heard, it is a Disney collectible card game. All of the events sold out immediately if you wanted to learn to play or to play in a tournament or something. And, in fact, they, for the first time ever, to my knowledge, wouldn't let you sign up for more than one of a single event, and they forcibly refunded everything if you bought more than one. Some cases, even if you bought it for someone else. This is some serious business right here, and clearly it's going to be huge. I bet they're going to sell out in the exhibit hall first day if they allow it, or within an hour every day when they restock it, so... But there's also separate legal drama uh, with the Upper Decks folks. Uh, I don't want to go too much in detail on this, as we may come with an off-season episode discussing this a little bit more. There seems to be some funny business if the complaint is to be believed between the creator of the game and Ravensburger and Upper Deck, where some stuff that maybe shouldn't have happened occurred. So there's, there's currently a lawsuit involving this as well, which I suspect will settle. So, Quark, what is the first new release you're excited about? My first game is actually Tales from the Red Dragon Inn from Slugfest because I basically like my tabletop games to always be RPGs in some form, even if it is just kind of being like an RPG. And as a personal note and a shout out to my homies from the past, anything that involves red dragons and inns immediately makes me think of the BBS Door Legend of the Red Dragon. And I know no one else knows what BBS Door is. Trust me, it was amazing. And any nostalgia for that is good. I'm trusting you. I have no idea what it is. Uh, For me, number one is the Star Trek Adventures Lower Decks sourcebook by Modiphius. Star Trek Adventures, super fun game, for the most part grasps the the feel and flavor of Star Trek as an RPG in a way that other other games really haven't. I've got most of this line, and really the Lower Deck show loops into my play style, especially with my group of friends who play Star Trek Adventures. So I'm really excited to see how they recommend that we play the game <laughs> the, way, the way we do. <laughs> sort of along the same lines of playing the game the way we do. I'm really curious about the Dead Cells roguelite board game from Le Scorpion Masque because I love the video game, but I am a single parent and you can lose 30 minutes of your progress with nothing to show for it. So therefore, I no longer play uh, Dead Cells. But the board game has to be more forgiving, right? You can't have a board game where nothing happened after 30 minutes retroactively. Something's going to happen. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, another thing, and I'm not sure if this is actually going to release, but it mm. seems like the signs point to Old Gods of Appalachia uh, by Monty Cook Games coming out. At least, I believe, the mm. turnover date for the product is supposed to be the end of July, which usually suggests that company will have it at their booth for Gen Con. Uh, this was a $2 million Kickstarter. The podcast setting, I'm not usually a big fan of Call of Cthulhu games and things like this, but I really like it when the mythos I see it seems I really like it when the mythos gets re-envisioned in ways that Lovecraft never thought of and oftentimes in ways that correct the early sins of uh, many of those authors I'm interested if it's there I think that's another game that I'm definitely buying I'm gonna get it at some point anyway My third pick, it's a deck builder, which I'm not super into, but okay, so it's After Us by Pandasaurus Games. It's an apocalyptic scenario, which is going to immediately get my attention, and it did. And the fact that everyone plays apes is super up my alley, especially because I have friends who make the claim that apes don't win, and we are going to find out if it's possible with this game. 
my last choice is What is Light Without Dark by Nerdburger Games. It's a supplement for the very excellent Good Strong Hands RPG that came out a year or two ago. It does a lot of fantasy in the vein of the Dark Crystal. Labyrinth. Uh, a lot of stuff like that really cool. And I'm excited to see what Craig and the Nerdburger crew have got up their sleeves for this new release as well. On our next episode... Wait, is there a next episode? You know, we're going to kind of put all of these out at once so people can absorb it fully into them. And, you know, that was my plan. Quarks, that doesn't actually answer my question. Well, okay. If people love it, or, you know, at least like it, yeah, we'll record some more. I have plenty of ideas. I didn't get to brag about my nearly successful quest to stay at every connected hotel in downtown Indianapolis. The food truck list is coming out. There'll probably be more games announced that are coming out. There'll definitely be more drama announced. Hot gosh. Just stuff around the convention. Whatever people are complaining about now. Stickers. Used to be lanyards. Soon it'll be carpet again, probably. Who knows? Maybe we'll even record at the convention. Hourly, Hourly updates. Live stream. The people need it. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Thanks again for listening. Maybe you'll hear from us again. We'll see you at Gen Con. I'm your host, Ben. I'm your host, Quarex. Greetings from the end of the episode, weary traveler. Perhaps you would like to examine my social media wares, all gathered at linktr.ee slash dreamaboutgamingconventions. We sell everything from Instagram to Facebook to YouTube. Soon we may have whatever tip jar the kids are using these days. All music for this episode was composed by Quarex. Except for Adidas, courtesy freemidi.org. All editing for this episode was by Ben.